Thanks, brother. I appreciate that. And I appreciate we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So, I, you know, as a quick recap, and thank you guys for uh, sharing that. You know, I, I'm not a teacher up here. I'm just up here kind of sharing uh, what God's done in my life. So I hope that that comes through. You know, we talked about the values. We talked about a value, having a value statement, really, really delving in and, and seeing what it is that our core values are. It's so important in our life because that leads you to creating a vision. You know, and as I was reading this, I didn't share with you guys a couple of weeks ago, but one of, the, one of the greatest vision statements that Paul says is for me to live as Christ, to die as gain. Can you imagine that as your vision statement, right? That's your vision, when he says it in the middle of a prison. You know, it's not like jail today, which is probably a lot nicer than it was back then. Can you imagine that is his vision? That's just amazing. And we talked about finishing the race in the second mission, how important that was to keep our focus on God, despite everything that was going on around us. And it's so easy to kind of get displaced, and it's so easy to kind of overlook and forget or, or, or not even see God. And remember, we shared the experience. Hopefully, how many of you guys, if you didn't know the, the arrow in the FedEx truck, that right after that, we talked about that, you see the arrow, you see FedEx trucks everywhere. Anybody see that? Good. I did as well. As soon as I turned out, a FedEx truck turned in front of me. And every time I see a FedEx truck, all I see is the arrow. And every time I see the arrow, all I think about is God, to be honest with you. Because that's how that, kind of, that story came to me, and that's why I wanted to share it to you. So when we, we, we delved into those two things, and then we get to this third week here, and we need to talk about well, where is all this happening. And I think the ultimate mission field is our jobs. And I think that's one of the arrows that we overlook sometimes because we get so busy. The Apostle Paul wrote, Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as if working for the Lord and not for men. It doesn't make a difference what you do. It doesn't make a difference what uniform you have, how many stars you have on, how high you've made it on a CEO rank. And I think sometimes, you know, in this world, we kind of we get caught up with that stuff. It doesn't matter what you're doing if you work at it with everything that you do as if you're working for the Lord. And I think that's a very valuable statement. I was reading over, uh, and I'm sure you guys, we've all talked about, thought about Billy Graham recently. He had recently passed away, and some of us watched the funeral, and, and what an amazing mission yeah. that guy was. You know, if you kind of look to some examples, he is certainly one. But um, he had done some mission research, and I thought this was just amazing as I'm reading through and studying through some of my stuff. And this research that he did revealed a couple key elements, and one of them that most conversions of Christianity happen through personal relationships. Most of them through personal relationships. Think about how well we know our coworkers. And I know we have some, some pastors and, and some guys have done, have, who've led churches and done some amazing things in there. But sometimes we just, we look at them, you guys are the ones that are bring, to bring people to Christ. But the fact of the matter is that we meet people every single day. We work with people every day, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Some of these people we hang out with longer or more than our family and our friends. We know everything about them. We know how they handle adversity. We know how they handle victory. We know how when they get a project that they don't want to do, 
what it is they say and what they do and how they react to that. And every single one of those things is an opportunity for us to serve. It's an, it's an opportunity for us to be example to other people. And I think that's just amazing. John MacArthur had wrote this, and you guys are going to see this again later because I didn't have to come up with questions. He did it. You are the only Bible some unbelievers will ever read, and your life is under scrutiny each and every single day. What do others learn about you? Do they see an accurate picture of your God? Man, isn't that a powerful statement? Absolutely just amazing. <clears throat> I want to share one story, and I shared it with David the other day, and i got to share it with you. February 11, 2014, Deputy Sheriff Scott Pine was killed in the line of duty. He was responding to a burglary call. A suspect had a headache. They had got him out, and he, he took off running. He ran after him because he was a, he, he was a good cop. Uh, and as they ran through a couple buildings, or around a couple buildings, I'm sorry, a couple residents, um, the individual actually ducked behind a corner, waited for Scott to come around, uh, and he killed him. And he was killed in the line of duty. I had met Scott. I didn't know him very well. He started working for me when I was with the Orange County Sheriff's Office. And I first met him, <coughs> as you guys know, I did most of the defensive tactics training for the Sheriff's Office. So I really enjoyed doing that. And, and from 1999 until I left there in 2012, just about every deputy sheriff had come through my ground combatives class. And we had the opportunity at the end of the eight-hour class, as, as uh, one of the things that I do is I, I grapple for two minutes with every single student. Um, to make sure that they learn the process and to, and to, to utilize my skills, keep, my, keep myself home. I remember meeting Scott. He was a big guy. He was a wrestler. And uh, he's probably about six foot one or so. He's a good 240 pounds. And I remember at the end of class, remember now, I'm getting a little bit older. When I started this younger, it was no big deal. I can go to 20, 30 people and just grapple. And, and now I'm like, man, I'm, this, this is getting tougher. But I have, some, I have some instructors that I brought up so they get an opportunity to do that. And I remember, it's like, I got to go against this guy. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> but this guy had the heart of the lion. I just remember there was something different about him. And I didn't know him much, better than, much more than that. I since know him a lot better. Well, let me tell you about Scott's story. So a couple months before Scott gets killed, he goes to a domestic violence call, a call that we've all gone to hundreds of hundreds of times, and we know how bad this can go. This particular time, the facts of the situation were such that Scott had to arrest the female. He knew that he was going to have to arrest her. We have a pro-arrest policy. It wasn't a matter of if and or but. It was a, it was a mutual kind of situation, but I don't know if she got the, uh, the better of the deal. He had to arrest her. Had to happen. So Scott, just so you know, first is a follower of Christ. So Scott walked up to her, and her testimony is, he walked up and he whispered in her ear. He goes, I'm going to have to arrest you. You're going to go to jail but everything is going to be okay. So you got to trust me. She kind of stopped. <clears throat> he says, listen, I got to arrest you. You're going to go to jail. I promise you everything is going to be okay. So Scott arrests her. He does his work. The other deputies are there. He puts her in the back of the car. And from the car all the way to jail, he witnesses to her. He tells her about Christ. Tells her that she doesn't have to be in that situation. 
tells her that there are better things out there for her than that. I heard this story from Pastor Ruth at Scott's funeral. Because that young woman accepted Christ. Went and goes to the First Baptist Church of Orlando because of that deputy. How powerful is that? As you can see, it uh, makes me emotional. I actually know Bridget Pine very well. We've become very close with her and her three children. And I have to watch her go through without her husband raising those children, and it's very difficult. She's a strong woman in Christ as well. But I think I've learned so much from that story. I asked you the first day, if you remember, uh, there was a fellow in town that had passed away, and I shared with you, I went to his funeral. Uh, Roger Tome was his name. He's 72 years old. He was an assistant director at NASA. He's a fireman. And he dropped dead. We went, uh, he, 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 he had passed away when he was running. Went to his funeral, and I think I shared this with you guys. His pastor and him got along excellent, and they shared because he, he was a jokester, and he said, you know, make, live your life so the pastor doesn't have to tell lies about you at your funeral, right? We all got to chuckle out of that. But that sticks with me every single day. I love that that's funny and that can make me laugh, but I also love how, much, how deep that meaning is because he really, really believed it. It was just amazing. What can we do, guys? There's all these opportunities around us, but I want to share with you one thing. Give somebody today and this week the gift of your attention. One of the most powerful gifts that you can give somebody. You guys know that I've lost a son. We've lost many, many individuals uh, in the line of duty. And March 22nd, six weeks after Scott was killed, March 22nd, 2014, at 3.59 a.m. in the morning, I was awoken because my deputy was shot and killed in the head, my officer. The interesting thing about that entire thing, I had just taken this job about a year and a half ago. You guys know the entire crazy story. I took over a police department that was corrupt. It wasn't good. Satan had taken a hold in here. Within three months of taking over this agency, I had to make difficult and tough decisions. And I eliminated my entire staff. There was nobody left. Nobody left. But I do know that God gave me a vision and he gave me a mission to rebrand, rebuild that agency. And we brought people in that I trusted and I brought people in that I trusted with my life and I'd been working with for years and years, some of them. And I also knew that they were Christians and I wanted them by my side. When, when Robbie passed away, you probably heard a little bit of part of this story. It was chaos. We're a small agency. I came from a big agency. It was absolutely crazy to organize a massive funeral. 3,000 people <clears throat> showed up at a funeral. Five-mile procession that was going just craziness for probably three days. I don't think I slept but a couple hours. It was just, it was just a lot. But I knew we had a mission. This was just a, a, a short mission in this particular time. 
The night before the funeral, I'm driving back to the town of Windermere. If you guys remember that day, the town did an amazing job, and everybody got, it was a sea of blue. Blue ribbons were on every single house. Blue ribbons were on every single tree. It was just, it was really such an honor. But my deputy chief was sitting next to me in the car. I'll never forget this. <clears throat> and it was busy, it was crazy, all, everything that we've been through to try to build this agency up. And now we had the first officer ever killed in the line of duty in this small place. And she says, are you glad you took this job? And I didn't hesitate. I said, absolutely. I know what my mission is. I've lived this before. I've been through this before. I know that our job is to walk beside this family because they're going to go through some tremendous adversary, adversity, a tremendous heartache, tremendous pain. I know it's our job to keep, it's our mission to keep this team together, to honor his name and honor his legacy, and to use this situation for good, because God says, well, all things work together for good, even though at that particular time, we couldn't sue it. Guys, there wasn't a moment of hesitation in me that said, I absolutely know what my mission is today. You know, since that time, we've created the Windermere Police Department Foundation in honor of him, raised quite a bit of money, but more importantly, giving most of that money back to the community. Some great programs that God has worked tremendously through, even in a government institution. You know, we do our secret Santa every single year. We raise money. It started, we talk about a concept here, a mission here. It started with just our officers. If you guys donate to this charity, let's, let's raise some money and let's give back to the community. And I don't know what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do something nice for people driving through town. We raised $300 just in the police department. So what we did is we went out and bought gift cards at Big Lots at these different places, gas cards and things like that. And instead of handing out tickets, we handed these out during Christmas time as Secret Santa. Guys, this went viral. $300, when people saw what we were doing, wanted to donate, went to $3,000 that we were able to give out, that God was able to give out. Just amazing. I'll never forget one day standing over here right at the dollar store, and uh, we would just stand there. We'd wait for, wait for somebody to come in and pay for whatever they had bought. And you can tell. You can tell when some folks are, are really being frugal. I'm not going to take this. I'm going to take this. i got to keep it down. And we were able to pay for that. And I remember uh, a lady just hugging me and just saying, thank you. God bless you. I needed that. Just amazing. So guys, I hope for over the last three weeks, I kind of saved the last one to share some stories that were a little bit personal to me, but that you have taken us to heart. Dago, thank you so much. What is my value? What is the vision that I want to have? What do I want to leave? What is my mission? I'm built to be organized. I'm built in that manner. I know not everybody is, and everybody's got some really great ways of doing some other things like other, other incredible things. I have done none of this. I've just allowed God to use me as his vessel. And I hope and I pray that I continue to do that. I hope and I, I pray 
that that day comes when you guys get to stand at my funeral or see me at my funeral, whatever the case may be. If I get shoot, shot and killed in the line of duty, let me tell you one thing. Nobody can kill me because I decided years ago to give up my life for people already. So n always remember that. Nobody can kill me. Guys, thanks a lot. I'm going to finish with a prayer if you'll bow your head with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day and thank you for this group of men here and, uh, and our visitors here today. We wanna, I hope that uh, you abound with blessings upon them, Lord. Help make them feel your presence, Lord, and uh, help, them, uh, all, help us all to understand that our mission field, that the ultimate mission field that we have is our workplace, Lord. I thank you. It's in your